0: Section thirty of the United States. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World's Story Volume Twelve: The United States, Edited by Eva March Tappan. Section Thirty. The Challenge of the Rattlesnake Skin, Sixteen Twenty One by Henry Wadsworth Longfellow. Meanwhile the choleric captain footnote, Miles Standish end of footnote strode wrathful away to the council, found it already assembled, impatiently waiting his coming, men in the middle of life, austere and grave in deportment, only one of them old, the hill that was nearest to heaven, covered with snow but erect, the excellent elder of Plymouth. God had sifted three kingdoms to find the wheat for this planting then had sifted the wheat as the living seed of a nation so say the chronicles old and such is the faith of the people near them was standing an indian in attitude stern and defiant naked down to the waist and grim and ferocious in aspect while on the table before them was lying unopened a bible ponderous bound in leather brass studded printed in holland and beside it outstretched the skin of a rattlesnake glittered filled like a quiver with arrows a signal and challenge of warfare brought by the indian and speaking with arrowy tongues of defiance this miles standish beheld as he entered and heard them debating what were an answer befitting the hostile message and menace talking of this and of that contriving suggesting objecting one voice only for peace and that the voice of the elder judging it wise and well that some at least were converted rather than any were slain, for this was but Christian behaviour. Then out spake Miles Standish, the stalwart captain of Plymouth, muttering deep in his throat, for his voice was husky with anger. What do you mean to make war with milk and the water of roses? Is it to shoot red squirrels? You have your howitzer planted, they are on the roof of the church, or is it to shoot red devils? truly the only tongue that is understood by a savage must be the tongue of fire that speaks from the mouth of the cannon thereupon answered and said the excellent elder of plymouth somewhat amazed and alarmed at this irreverent language not so thought st paul nor yet the other apostles not from the canon's mouth were the tongues of fire they spake with but unheeded fell this mild rebuke on the captain who had advanced to the table and thus continued discoursing leave this matter to me for to me by right it pertaineth war is a terrible trade but in the cause that is righteous sweet is the smell of powder and thus i answer the challenge then from the rattlesnake skin with a sudden contemptuous gesture jerking the indian arrows he filled it with powder and bullets full to the very jaws and handed it back to the savage saying in thundering tones here take it this is your answer silently out of the room then glided the glistening savage bearing the serpent's skin and seeming himself like a serpent winding his sinuous way in the dark to the depths of the forest captain standish with his little army of eight men led by hubomak friend of the white man marched to the northward to subdue the outbreak of the indians after a three days march he came to an indian encampment pitched on the edge of a meadow between the sea and the forest women at work by the tents and warriors horrid with war paint seated about a fire and smoking and talking together who when they saw from afar the sudden approach of the white men saw the flash of the sun on breastplate and sabre and musket straightway leaped to their feet and two from among them advancing came to parley with standish and offer him furs as a present friendship was in their looks but in their hearts there was hatred braves of the tribe were these and brothers gigantic in stature huge as goliath of gath or the terrible og king of bashan one was pekswat named and the other was called Wamet. round their necks were suspended their knives in scabbards of wampum two edged trenchant knives with points as sharp as a needle other arms had they none for they were cunning and crafty welcome english they said these words they had learned from the traders touching at times on the coast to barter and chaffer for peltries then in their native tongue they began to parley with standish through his guide and interpreter Hobomuck, friend of the white man begging for blankets and knives but mostly for muskets and powder kept by the white man they said concealed with the plague in his cellars ready to be let loose and destroy his brother the red man But when standish refused and said he would give them the bible suddenly changing their tone they began to boast and to bluster then Wamet advanced with a stride in front of the other and with a lofty demeanor thus vauntingly spake to the captain now wadawamat can see by the fiery eyes of the captain angry is he in his heart but the heart of the brave wattawamut is not afraid at the sight he was not born of a woman but on a mountain at night from an oak tree riven by lightning forth he sprang at a bound with all his weapons about him shouting who is there here to fight with the brave wattawamut then he unsheathed his knife and wetting the blade on his left hand held it aloft and displayed a woman's face on the handle saying with bitter expression and look of sinister meaning i have another at home with the face of a man on the handle by and by they shall marry and there will be plenty of children then stood peckswat forth self-faunting insulting miles standish while with his fingers he patted the knife that hung at his bosom drawing it half from its sheath and plunging it back as he muttered by and by it shall see it shall eat aha but shall speak not this is the mighty captain the white men have sent to destroy us he is a little man let him go and work with the women meanwhile standish had noted the faces and figures of indians peeping and creeping about from bush to tree in the forest feigning to look for game with arrows set on their bowstrings drawing about him still closer and closer the net of their ambush but undaunted he stood and dissembled and treated them smoothly so the old chronicles say that were writ in the days of the fathers but when he heard their defiance the boast the taunt and the insult all the hot blood of his race of sir hugh and of thurston de standish boiled and beat in his heart and swelled in the veins of his temples headlong he leaped on the boaster and snatching his knife from its scabbard plunged it into his heart and wheeling backward the savage fell with his face to the sky and a fiend-like fierceness upon it straightway there arose from the forest the awful sound of the war-whoop and like a flurry of snow on the whistling wind of december swift and sudden and keen came a flight of feathery arrows then came a cloud of smoke and out of the cloud came the lightning out of the lightning thunder and death unseen ran before it Frightened the savages fled for shelter in swamp and in thicket, hotly pursued and beset. But their sachem the brave Wadawamat fled not, he was dead. Unswerving and swift had a bullet passed through his brain, and he fell with both hands, clutching the greensward, seeming in death to hold back from his foe the land of his fathers. There in the flowers of the meadow, the warriors lay, and above them, silent with folded arms, stood Habomak, friend of the white man. Smiling at length, he exclaimed to the stalwart captain of plymouth peckswat bragged very loud of his courage his strength and his stature mocked the great captain and called him a little man but i see now big enough have you been to lay him speechless before you thus the first battle was fought and won by the stalwart Miles Standish. when the tidings thereof were brought to the village of plymouth and as a trophy of war the head of the brave Wadawamet scowled from the roof of the fort which at once was a church and a fortress all who beheld it rejoiced and praise the Lord and took courage end of section thirty this recording is in the public domain